When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. See you later on. You're going to strictly come dancing live at the Hydro. With Alan Carr. With Alan Carr. And you're going with the other one, the BBC. That wee Irish fella. Welcome to Heart and Hand, the Rangers podcast. My name's David Edgar and I'm your host. Uh, this week I'm joined, as you can possibly gather, by Mr Scott Vandenacker. Hello, evening, welcome, morning, afternoon. And uh, the reason that we we gave you a little bit of that sort of badinage at the start was because some people, uh, well Scott, complained that the last episode we did when I flew solo um, was singularly lacking in the Heart and Hand trademark which is, of course, uh, the, shall we say, slightly light in the loafers' badinage. Yeah, I think a lot of people have been complaining that we've drifted away from the poor's cod values. Wasn't a lot of people, was it? Not that many. Um, in fact, no. it was singular people. Uh, yeah, I was a bit peeved. Yeah, it was, I think you were a bit, you were all right in theory about it and getting a week off until people started saying how good it was. Yes, um, the feedback from the pod was unfortunately too good. Seven years and it turns out I have been carrying you fuckers. I know, I know it's... Uh, but then you should do it yourself. But then when I suggest that, you say, no fucking way, I'm not doing it myself. I can't be bothered. So, um, but I mean, it's not It's not because I don't know it would be better. Um, but it's just, it's easier this way. Because, you know, you know me, I don't, I don't have a huge concentration span. I'm not ideal for it. So even when we're doing this, I'm sort of reading a book and, you know, tugging at my bits and, and various other... Or at least you, as long as we haven't got visuals. See, David and I are doing this in Skype, but thankfully not with cameras. No, no. Um, I, 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 that's another thing, you know, as part of my hermit mentalness, that uh, not only do I, you know, refuse to leave the house or have visitors or whatever, when I'm when I'm using Skype, I won't do the one where the you can see the camera. I'm not, not up for that. It's, it's too much like a violation of your house. Isn't it's, it? it's too much like you being here, and I'm do not you, up for it. You know, I, mean, I didn't invite myself even, never mind you inviting me. Yeah, so, so no, it, it's not happening. Did you I, know? No. That Gordon Gordon K of Aloha Aloha wasn't a homosexual? Really? Yeah, he died recently, notorious ladies man, who just couldn't find the right woman to settle down with, but terror of the ladies. Well, in, in, in Aloha Aloha that was the case, but I didn't know... Nah, in real life, apparently, I had him down as a bachelor. Uh, a cliff style... Uh, yes. forever. Come on, are you trying to tell me Cliff Richard's living friend? I'm not isn't just his spiritual advisor. I'm not saying anything about the notoriously litigious Christian yes. Uh, yes. fellow. So no, no, not at all, mate. Uh, whatever. If 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 Cliff says it, then then I'm okay with that. But uh, yeah, we're coming at you. But we're coming at you on a Sunday today because we did have a bit of a diary clash this week. And like in the old days, i.e. maybe a month ago, we probably just went, ah, fuck them. Um, they're not getting a pod this week. But because we're all 
sort of you know caring and sharing and whatnot these days and doing pods and international weeks and everything uh here we are on a sunday afternoon which gives us loads to talk about now um before we start uh talking about the football this week very sad news came uh with the death of billy simpson rangers legend uh northern irish and rangers legend and anybody who'd been uh, at match the hospitality or even been at the wee rangers club over the years uh, has probably bumped into or listened to, to Billy when he was there with Johnny Hubbard. Um, two wonderful, wonderful men, both uh, incredible raconteurs, uh, and their passion for Rangers was was fabulous. Uh, a real gentleman, and he'll be sadly missed. I think you talk about legend status and you look at stats in terms of performances and appearances, but these are two guys who kept living the Rangers story well after they retired. These guys were there every week. They never, ever said no to the fans, to autographs, to pictures, and uh, absolute credit to the club and to themselves. And they will be sorely missed by a lot of people in the Rangers family. Absolutely. So on to the actual the football and uh, the team that, that Billy and, and all of us love. Uh, Rangers, two games uh, in a week against Motherwell. Contrasting matches, I would say, but loads, loads happened. So it's very difficult to just take them bit by bit. So we'll probably just take chunks of the two and discuss them all together. Significantly better performance week two than week one. Uh, the cup tie um, at home, dramatic ending. And yes, character dug ourselves out of a hole, but not a great display, it has to be said, Scott. I think it, it being a Sunday today, I can safely say that the cup tie was an abomination in the eyes of our Lord. Yes, we, we um, were very poor, very poor. But... Now, because there is a benevolent God, and because that God's interventionist and Presbyterian, he did give us the Mark McGee post-match interview. A thing of beauty. A thing of beauty, which we'll never, which we can't capture being a pod. Sadly, we are an oral. We're coming in your ear, folks. Okay, rather than coming in your eyes. Um, so you can't see this, but it's out there, and you and you have to watch it. Yeah, okay? yeah. If you haven't seen this, fire it into your Google machine. And uh, Mark McGee post Scottish Cup interview with Motherwell TV. Include, I mean, I've never seen a man feel so sorry for himself. And as someone who is quite singular and arrogant and selfish and only looks out for themselves, even I thought, Christ, that guy's a bit kind of selfish and up himself. The, for a man, someone I, I told someone about this, and they thought I was paraphrasing for comedy stylings when I said, he said at one point, I don't give a monkey's about the players when he was asked how, how his players felt. And the guy thought I was joking and perfect. No, he actually said, I don't give a monkeys about the players. Right now, I can't think about them. Uh, I'm, I'm sick of it. And, and it was simple. I've never seen, I've seen managers chuck players under the bus before, but never to that degree. No, um, it, it, was, it made the 85 minutes that preceded the last five minutes probably worth it just to see the interview. What's also interesting, though, of course, is that Motherwell weren't that good. No, they were up. They I mean, were very poor. They defended and defended reasonably well, but not. You couldn't even say that they were heroic last ditch defending. No, but I know, and he was making it as if you know it was massive daylight robbery. It was a shit game, in which they probably shaded it, but it was hardly like the biggest surprise. He said he's the biggest surprise of his nine hundred game career. Absolute bollocks. No, he said it was the hardest to take apart from two playoff defeats, and. Mm. I, you know, like everybody, we were like, ah, so losing 9-0 at Parkhead twice, that was okay. You know, humiliating result. See when the video printer needs to spell out how many goals a team have scored, that's a bad yeah. day. 
So, but but not for market wars. No, no, because his team won. But yeah, yeah I mean, it, it was it it was almost comedy. I mean, it was almost parody, and we're living in a world where I think satire is dead because yeah. it, it's been invalidated. We're past it. But and I get sent. Yeah, I mean, I get sent some this morning. I'm not getting involved in the politics of this, but someone sent me a sort of meme thing, meme thing saying that some of the wisest words of our times had just been said by Mo Farah on his way back from a training camp. So I don't know where that leaves us in terms of satire or politi- politics or anything, but I think we're being transcended on so many yeah, levels. Yeah, I mean, we've, we've moved through it. But even, even at that, that was just an incredible piece of parody. Dug out of the shite, and there's no other word uh, or no other phrase for it, by Kenny Miller last week, uh, and he also had an outstanding game yesterday as well. And Contrast, Contrasting games, what was interesting you'll find is that last week his dithering about outside the box was ineffectual. He went up front and was amazing. Two great finishes, two finishes that belied his years. Yesterday I thought his all-round play was a lot better. Although he scored, I thought he actually had a much better game. Funnily enough, in the week before when he got a double, I thought his attempts in the cup game to link up play were... I, I, I didn't see it. I thought he was far too far from the penalty box and really getting in the way of the midfield. Yesterday, I could see it a lot more. I thought he, he dovetailed well with the players, set the ball wide, um, brought other people into play. And funnily enough, although he only scored one yesterday, I thought he had a much better game. I think he did too, but I thought everybody did. And I'll tell you for why. Uh, I think that... The, the random part round about him weren't functioning the week before and as we've co- we've talked about in the pod before we call it the Boer syndrome when you're doing the right things but the people round about you aren't and Miller's he's kind of in a style not comparing them ability wise just saying he's kind of in a style like Wayne Rooney that if he's not getting involved he gets frustrated and goes chasing the ball and can end up 50-60 yards from when you really need him I thought yesterday Lee Wallace had an outstanding match. Uh, I thought that Hindman and as it went on, Toro and Halliday uh, had very good matches as well. And because of that, and and you could argue as well there was more space at being ten v ten, that Miller had more more room or more pitch space o- options yeah, as well uh, to to play the right ball as opposed to having to come too deep for for everything which he had to do the week before. Now, you know, d- defensively the goal last week was just abysmal and it, it, this is the problem, you know, with, with Rob Kiernan and, and when he's been there, Danny Wilson, but we'll, we'll focus on Kiernan for it was he, uh, although he had a decent match yesterday. You can't trust them to go three or four games without a bad mistake. Although also I'd pick it, I praised Lee Wallace there. Lee Wallace's contribution at the Motherwell goal last week was abysmal as he wandered, you know. I actually saw, I, I hate to hear what's coming, but in this case I did because I looked up and I saw a left back in central midfield and a boy standing 20 yards behind him out in the touchline and I thought, oh shit. And sure as fate, it, it came from there. Um, I think that the sad thing is we've noticed in the pod for a while that Clint Hill is the glue and whoever he plays with it tends to be sort of okay-ish. But you're right, when Wilson and Kiernan are, are brought together when those stars align, a mistake isn't far away. Um, that's Yeah, for a second, um, Wallace as well. The ball. Yeah. Oh, yeah, well, Wallace, attacking-wise, no, no problems at all. I think defensively, there are always going to be concerns. And please don't take this as me having a criticism. I love Lee Wallace, right? And Lee Wallace is a Rangers legend. We'll obviously have the Miller debate in a second, but... 
Lee Wallace is a Rangers legend. He's not Rangers' best player, but there's a difference between being a great player and a great Ranger. And, and Lee Wallace is a great Ranger, but he's not a fantastic defensive fullback. It's not really his strength, and it's probably not going to change given his age. However, having said all of that, and that's probably accurate, I also thought that yesterday we moved the ball a bit quicker and we're a bit more incisive in our runs. I noticed when even the much maligned Waghorn came on, he lost his mark, was it three times? Three yeah. times he was through and put it wide. We were just making more space. But the key yesterday was the... Now, we were actually going to have a vote, I think, folks out there in social media land. Should we change the pod to Emerson Hindman? Yes, yes. Um, I just call it that because, now, here's something we can open up on um, in terms of and I'll just say my bit before David waxes lyrical because I know he's got a lot to say because we were texting yesterday but the one thing I'll say about Emerson Hindman is people criticise loan loan deals because he's not our player he's taking the space of someone who is a our player two things first of all there's no one that good that we have at the moment who is under contract to us not even close and, and secondly what loan deals do what they're supposed to do is A get you points now and secondly give the manager an idea of what he's missing he brings in loan players he tries them out in a few bits and pieces players for example we haven't played much under Mark Warburton with somebody in the hole at number 10 Hindman has played there the last couple of weeks and it looks to me at this stage that we have been missing that see his through balls he's one twos in the edge of the box his ability to thread the ball through to the forwards now Warburton always prefer two wingers and one central striker Hindman's come in and he's changed the dynamic and who knows that Mark Warburton won't now look for somebody full-time to buy like that or maybe move Mackay there eventually. You can't say that loan deals are a waste because they're going back to the club. They are there to, for the manager to see what kind of players he might need to buy to, to experiment with shape and to experiment with the team. And it's nothing but good news having somebody of that quality in the team. So over to you, David. No, I agree. And the other thing about oh, you know, why loans, we're not going to build for next season. Again, I've talked about this and I'm sorry for repeating myself. Well, I'm not really there. I wouldn't still be doing the pod considering it's essentially <laughs> the same thing every week for seven years. But it's short term, medium term, long term. And some people do get carried away far too much with, well, what about the future? What about the future? What about the future? Sometimes the future begins now. And if we were 20 points behind Celtic, as we are, but 20 points ahead of Aberdeen, you have a case. You know, we're not going up, we're not going down. It's We're going to finish second. That That's fair enough. However, we are in a battle for second. We have the Scottish Cup. We've got a, a home draw. It would be a tough game because Morton are playing very well in that division, incidentally. But Oh, hilariously, they might leapfrog Dundee United. Yeah, wouldn't it be great if they, oh, they were marooned down there for years? That would be fucking hilarious. I was a wee bit disappointed we didn't get them in the Cup because how much did they enjoy when they got us when we were in the third division? They... They enjoyed, yep. uh, so uh, shoe on the other foot would be fun. But, oh, but uh, yeah, I mean, we are in that battle for a second. Now, Heinemann can help us to that because he's better than what we have. Secondly, if we then get into Europe and Bournemouth are prepared to let Heinemann go out on loan again for another year, we're in a stronger position to get the boy if he's enjoyed his time here and you know he's playing well and the manager can see that and Eddie Howe can, can see that and we can go back and say, look, this year we actually, we, we're going to... Hopefully, if a pop at the league title, there's going to be a lot of high-pressure matches. And we're going to be in Europe. We're in a stronger position to get him for another year. Mm. So, it's it's win-win. And his display yesterday was excellent. Not only did he play very well and, and better as the match went through. And we got a taste of that in the cup match. Because the, the, the winning goal 
he did something, one little cameo that Jason Holt, who I don't, you know, I'm not critical of, I think I, I love Jason Holt's energy, but he doesn't have the quality. A lot of the time, Halliday and Holt, they don't play the killer ball. They turn inside and it, it could be confidence, it could be ability. I think it's probably a mixture of both. Whereas McManus misplaces a pass and Heinemann strides on, first touch, perfectly t- uh, placed and timed and weighted ball and Miller runs on and scores. And I thought, and you'd said as well, that boy can do something the rest of them can't. And he showed it again yesterday. He has got something that, that we don't have and it's improving the people round about him. And yesterday, I thought that Halliday had a very, very poor first half, um, especially when it was 11 v 10. He really struggled. However, second half, he got better. Toro, who doesn't look fit, but got better as the game went on yesterday, which indicates it's not he's a haddy so much as he just needs game time. So it might be a wee bit frustrating, but you know something will likely come of that. And I thought Halliday got better because he could relax and just concentrate on mopping up and giving it to them. And they were always available, both of them, to come and get the ball and go and start something. So so straight away we looked like a better side. I think my favourite Hindman sort of cameo wasn't actually the goals, but I think it was was injury time, that one he set up for Waghorn. Mm -hmm. He just got the ball, played a 1-2, and then first time right through the heart of the fence, through three Motherwell players, to to right to Waghorn's feet. And you think, Mackay could maybe do that, but he always is told to hug the touchline. Mm-hmm. We've not had somebody in number 10 role playing those balls through the middle, shot like that, for a long time. Actually, I can't remember the last time Rangers maybe used someone just sitting off the strikers. And it's lovely to see close control, turning and then opening up the play. Mm. With a pass. It's... He can do that, and it's all first time. That's that's something that we texted each other. He doesn't put his foot in the ball. No, Look he, up he, he in doesn't. He doesn't. Yeah. No, he doesn't. He's he's confident, and no wonder with, with the ability he's got. So re- really exciting. I mean, I suppose it wasn't a debut yesterday, but full debut uh, from Emerson Heinemann. Now we'd we'd mentioned there in terms of you know planning for next season, Kenny Miller and Clint Hill, mm-hmm. probably at the start of the season. If you'd said we should be tying them up, we'd both have went hmm. But uh, to me, it seems a bit of a no-brainer. Well, I think the belief at the start of the season was that Kenny Miller was here to help out and to start his coaching badges and that Clint Hill was back up. And they are now both integral to the season. It's a bit worrying. That's probably a different... We can maybe talk about that in a minute as to what it says about us relying on them. But we do. And I think they both deserve an extension. I think... In a footballing sense, there would be no reason not to give them 12 months further each. Uh, on the part, they both proved it. What they bring is, Clint Hill brings something simple, which is organisation. You can tell that he's talking his whole way through the game, telling them where to stand, telling them to watch offside, telling them to... Like against uh, Aberdeen back in November, Kiernan was the one who was told to go and make the tackle. Mm. He rushed in and, and Hill swept. Now, people thought it'd be the other way around because Kieran maybe was a bit timid, but more cultured. But it worked a treat and Hill talked him through the game. You can tell he knows what he's doing. He's seen it all before and he's, he's kept them in, in line. And what Kenny Miller brings is the enthusiasm for the game, a finishing ability, and he's quite self-motivating. A lot of our players, now we've talked about this before in the pod, we haven't got very good players because we haven't got a budget. So you get players, and for one reason or another, they've all been battered and bruised in their careers, yeah? Mm-hmm. Lots of clubs, lots of loan deals. And I think Warburton needs to put his arm around them all, except Kenny Miller. Kenny Miller generally will be up for a game. 
and generally can self-motivate. And even if he's not great, he'll get 7 out of 10. He's quite good all the time. He doesn't need to be a great run of form. He doesn't need to have been told how great he is. He doesn't need the, it to be the Ides of March. He just, he'll just he turn up and have quite a good game all the time. Something we lack through the squad is players that can turn up and control their own game and be consistently good most weeks. And that's what he brings. It's just a level of performance that the others don't have. Is he forgiven? No, not by me, no. He'll never be a Rangers legend for that reason. He will always be someone who's done the club a great turn. He'll be a, a player who's played really well for us, but he'll never be in my heart and soul, and he'll never be, to me, a legend because of the aberration. That's personal. Yeah, it's it's a tough one because uh, I'm a great believer, as you know, Scott, that you can tell yourself what to think and you can control your thinking and you can say, you know, look at something logically and say, well, you know, this is obviously the correct way that I should think about this situation. Of course. You cannot, however, control how you feel, how you feel as a response. It's it's something that comes from, you know, within and there's no logical reason. It's not based on logic and thought. It's based on emotion. Mm-hmm. And logically, and in my brain, I think that Kenny Miller is clearly a Rangers legend. If you look at his spells at the club, if you look at his work rate, if you look at everything he's done, the way he's represented the club, and the fact that he's an ambassador for the club... He is quite clearly a Rangers legend. There's, there's no argument. But <laughs> um, yes. I don't love him. And it's the same as you. I, I, I don't know why. And it's not, as I say, my brain is saying, it's clearly a Rangers legend, you know. Love the guy, wonderful. Um, but my heart goes, hmm. And I can't, I can't fake that. So in a way that I love Ali McCoy or George Alberts or... Nacho Novo, uh, yeah. for example. He said no to the Provos, David. Well, that's that's the thing, and it's not something you can fake, and unfortunately so. It's I'm probably saying it's it's probably better taken out of my hands because I, I can't offer a fair uh, number. If Kenny Miller gets put in the Hall of Fame, which he will, Christ, they put everybody in these days. Yeah. If when. Kenny Miller gets put in the I won't be upset about it. I won't, you know, complain and go, oh, he's a disgrace, he played for Celtic. But yeah, I'll just, he'll never ever be able to... And yes, you know, if you're listening to this and you're going, oh, that's really sad, David, because he signed for Celtic. Well, yeah, yeah, it is because he signed for Celtic once. Um, yeah. There you go. And uh, if it's a case of that, you know, that makes you a better, more rounded... Um, you know, the, the more forgiving person than me. Fuck it, I can live with that. That's who I am. Right? Absolutely, I quite agree. Um, I I've not spent the best part of a half a century building up a massive enmity against Celtic just to forget about it now. Yeah, um, and, there, are no, there are no exceptions. Yeah, no. It's, it's you can come along, guys, with your reasonable points and your perfectly valid arguments, and and I'll concede that you're probably right. But I hate those fuckers, and right. anyone who has decided that they were going to wear that fucking thing, um, then, you know, I'm sorry, my my heart is closed to you. Unless you're a very, very, very hot lady when my heart will be open to you uh, for as long as my my Jap's eye is. I remember once, so this is is fun, back in the sort of trust days and with David's all over the radio and stuff, you know, you know, do you remember someone, Wag, came up with this idea, I remember that, I think you were to wear like a Celtic kit. Yeah. For for charity. For charity, yeah, real radio. But, 
And then, of course the answer was no. no. <laughs> and they were shocked. They were like, what? They were genuinely a, shocked. Yeah. yeah, it was whatever Real Radio's equivalent of Cash for Kids was. It was some fundraising thing. And uh, this guy phoned in and said, I will donate... Uh, I think it was £250 to charity if David Edgar will be pictured in a Celtic top. Oh, oh I will. Uh, and, and I remember you going, hey, David, yeah, you'll do it, won't you? I went, no. And he went, really? I went, no, I'll give you the money, but I'm not doing it. And he thought, oh, come on, you're kidding, aren't you? I went, nope. No. Uh, just how we feel, that's just uh, it. Uh, uh, no, I, I wouldn't, you know, never mind wearing a Celtic top for charity, I, I wouldn't wear a, a Celtic top for a go on Scarlett Johansson. Um, it's just... It's just it's just not happening, right? It would be like, it would be the equivalent. See, doing that is to prove that you're a nice guy. You know when guys do this, yeah. you know they're like, ah, I'm not look, a yeah, I'm not. yeah, look at me, I'm such a good guy. I don't care. It's I'm above all that. I'm not above all that, right? I fuck it. I admit it. Um, and again, if people are listening to us, Jack Tutton and going, David, you're Scott. You are right. You we accept that. You are a better more well-rounded, more well-adjusted human being than us. But fuck it, I'm a happy misfit. Exactly. Uh, there's always a but, isn't there, David? There's always a um, but. And, and speaking and talk, of buts... No, but hold on. Talking about uh, Celtic fans playing for Rangers. Yes, that, that was um, the but I was approaching. Yeah. Did you think that the two red cards yesterday were red cards? Because we haven't covered that yet. Yes, I did. Um, and I thought that the defence of O'Halloran was ludicrous. The, he hardly touched him. Look, see if you're coming up with this. He hardly touched him. He brushed him. Uh, I'm sorry, but you don't know football. And it's one of these things where you get you talk to people, you think they don't know the game. And I know that when you meet people like that, they go, oh, hipster. You know, yeah, fair enough, mate, but you don't know the game. Or he didn't mean to hurt him, right? Well, nobody fucking means, well, more often than not, to give away a foul. That's not why they do it. You hear it in the box all the time. It's like, well, I don't know if he's trying to play the ball. Of course he's fucking trying to play the ball. He didn't deliberately go, well, I'm just going to give away a penalty. It doesn't matter. The fact is, is he stomped knee-high down. And yeah, the guy made the most of it, but it could have been really nasty. I don't think it was, I'm going to do this guy. I think it was a clumsy footballer who'd kind of lost the ball and then went to cement him. Similarly, McDonald, you know, it's easy to say because, you know, we don't like Scott McDonald, but uh, he's went to do um, Miller. I I genuinely don't think he did. I think he's done that, you know, Scottish professional footballer, and we've all done it, even playing fives, where you miscontrol the ball, you go, shit, better get it back, you panic, and you just cement the guy. To be honest, um, both of them, in both cases, they had the first touch of Fred and Rosemary West. Yeah. Pick, I mean, picking up a hitchhiker and taking they, them back to... They were, I mean, you know. just they completely lost control and then went for it. Now, you could argue, and I probably would, that if this had happened in the first five minutes to a Rangers player, it would have been a yellow. All we ask for is consistency. Mm. How, however, however, I can't, I can't say that that would happen for certain because I don't know. And later on, when there was a bad tackle, Colm did red card. Now, what I would do, and I would have to agree with my wee mate uh, Sir Duncan Ferguson on Twitter here, or my big mate rather, because he's he's bigger than me, um, is that, as he said, when you've got a referee who apparently, and players should know this. Colm is the most red card happy referee in Scottish football. He's twice as many red cards as. Yeah, as his nearest... uh, He read cards, people. If you've got a card-happy ref, you do not give them the opportunity. It's common sense. You just don't do it. And it goes both ways. McDonald should have known, not only, uh, you know, does this guy do red cards, but he also will have to kind of do this. 
Yeah, because it's you know, because he's already sent someone off. It's like other refs that hate. I think Craig Thompson it was, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Was it Tynecastle a few years back and Kevin Thompson? Yep, twelve minutes. Slid, slid along the ground, and we were in a pub watching it, and people were arguing, arguing with us. And I think you, you or I, somebody just said, in front of that referee, why would you have someone right in front of it? Why give them the? Why do it? That was exactly. It. I wasn't yeah. upset at Thompson for being a cheating bastard because you know that's like being upset at grass being green, uh, and I've stopped doing that for at least a couple of years. Um, whereas you know Thompson is going to do that, and yes, he gave him the opportunity and he took it, and it was exactly the same yesterday. Now. Uh, I thought Rangers responded initially poorly. I think the shock called them. But admittedly, we only conceded one chance. And then when it went 10v10, we were by far the better team for an hour and should have ran it, could have ran it rather by more goals. So there's there's no complaint. And I really enjoyed our second half display yesterday. Haven't made that clear yet. Should do. We played some lovely stuff. It was good to watch. We dominated the possession. But yep. in the right way. Motherwell couldn't get out. But not only could Motherwell not get out, we kept the ball down there and kept making chances. It was lovely. It was exactly yep. what it should be. It's and too often too often it's sideways. Yeah. And also too often for us, the second half peters out. It was the opposite. The more possession we had as the game went on, the more dangerous we became. Absolutely. And that's a great sign. So no complaints whatsoever from me on the two red cards. Now, I did say at the time, and I stand by it, that O'Halloran's... The tackle is one of those ones that you often hear as as a potential career ender. In this case, I think it was, and I think it was his Rangers career. Uh, and people say, "What well, he's being, he, what you're saying, he should be bombed out because of one red card." No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying he's been bombed out by a year's worth of evidence, and that year's worth of evidence, I think, and this is just a personal feeling. The reaction of the manager when he got sent off yesterday was. You know, he didn't look. He had that, you know, that face like thunder. Neither him nor Weir could even look at him, and he was trying yeah. to make co- eye contact with him, and they weren't having it. That is anger. I suspect because he got put in the team out of nowhere, because of, you know there was interest. And I suspect that it's the manager's thinking is, I'm going to give you a run of games, and we're going to see once and for all if you're going to be able to cut it here. And I think now where he stands, he's suspended for three matches. Where he stands now is way way down the pecking order and a year into his career at Rangers I don't think he can be way down the pecking order and I think that it the manager may have just decided I'm writing him off now and for people who say managers don't do things like that Stuart McCall David Templeton when Templeton shot that tackle at Queen of the South yep. and was never seen again under McCall managers are human and we forget that sometimes because we see them as these one dimensional creatures <clears throat> if he feels that he gave O'Halloran a chance that he probably didn't deserve on form and O'Halloran has badly let him down, the human element is be, well, I can't, I'm not going to trust him again. He let me down badly. So I suspect that if we haven't seen the end of Michael O'Halloran, a Rangers shot, then you will only be seeing the odd cameo between now and the end of the season and he will be on his bike. That's my thought. I think two, two things on that. Number one is, if we're going to challenge Celtic in any meaningful sense, we're going to have to upgrade on O'Halloran anyway. I think that kind of standard of player is not going to get us anywhere near them. And secondly, I think you're right. If you look at Kenny Miller's form and Hindman's form and the fact that Mackay will play, we're talking about definitely, it's getting kind of crowded up there anyway, isn't it? Um, you've also got Waghorn and uh, Dodu. And, uh, and in three or four weeks' time, you're going to have Joe Garner back. And I... It's not an obvious way back into the team for O'Halloran. You're right, the 
the way he would play it doesn't strike me as being obvious going into the last spell of the season. No, um, totally agree. I, I I just think that sometimes you can a, a manager's face kind of tells you a lot. And I thought that Warbs yesterday was was it was that contemptuous way, and that's the worst thing I think you can yeah. see from your boss because it was a case of I just, I can't even look at you right now. Yeah. It's also the being in the trenches thing that you alluded to, and that's what was good about Stuart McCall. Now I know it didn't get where we wanted to be. And ended, and I don't think it was his fault. And if you go back to listen to the pod, he inherited a mess. But the one thing he saw, did sort out was he wanted folk who would fight for Rangers for that few months he was in charge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he weeded, he weeded out a lot of the the folk he just wouldn't have in the trenches with you. I think that's the Warbs thing here as well. I think he's been under some pressure. We're twenty two points behind Celtic, which is a total humiliation. And we may touch on that. I don't know if this is pod or maybe next pod about our expectations and where we are. But I think Warbs now knows that. When the heat is on and you cannot have, you cannot be treated that way, you need real men who stand up, which again is why Kenny Miller and Clint Hill are on the team sheet every single week. Yes. Um, and and also, uh, emerging leaders, by the way, just uh, as, a, as a little aside to that, as a wee sidebar to that, uh, Fodringham. Yes, he's now one of the best, he's the best goalkeeper in the SPL. Mm-hmm. And I, I stand say by that, by the way, and I'm sure that... Yes, I'm, I'm not le- joking. I'm not no, joking. I'm sure our Legion of Tim listeners will be... But Wes doesn't chuck one in, uh, touch wood, <laughs> Wes doesn't yes. chuck one in as, as often as, as Gordon does. He, he makes those saves that I criticised him for. I said he's a good goalkeeper, but he doesn't make the saves you don't expect him to. Well, he's started to do that now. Uh, his concentration's fantastic. His distribution is excellent. And he's now starting to command the box, and, and that's not easy playing. So, no, I, I, you know, when we're being critical of a player, I, I think that... We should take the opportunity to to someone who's developing into a very very good goalkeeper. And of course, there's the other factor, which is fans might not want to hear. But if you think of goalkeepers his age, David, right? Mm. Who are you? There's no citizenship problems. There's no passport problems. He's an English lad. Where are you going to get better value than Wes at his age and at his level already and with the growth potential? Mm. Where where's an English club, for example, going to pick up? You're talking, you could get him for three or four million quid from mm. us, probably. Yeah, yeah. What could you buy in terms of goalkeeper for three million quid down south? Well, Forest, okay. Forest Green Rovers? Well, if you look at the fact that Asmir Begovic is going to go Chelsea's reserve keeper, who's a good keeper, but he's no spring chicken, oh. and he's going to go for 10 million. Yeah, you know, and and he's not as you say, he's not English, so he doesn't fulfil any court regulations and whatnot. Uh, yeah, I totally agree. And speaking of which, that maybe the thinking behind. The, the latest transfer rumours, and we'll know this uh, by the time a lot of people come to listen to the pod, Rangers uh, apparently have had a £250,000 bid accepted for Port Vale's Jack Alnwick, uh, who people may remember from, he got chucked in as a kid at Newcastle, that's certainly where, where I saw him. Uh, I, yes, Matt, Matt Gilks is leaving, but this guy isn't you know, a 34-year-old backup, he's a younger guy. We're Very paying, highly rated, I Yeah, yeah, we're paying money for him. Uh, again, it's a, a clause in his contract. If we're to sign him, I think that long-term that could be a sign that we're going to cash in on Wes. And I would wish him luck. Wes came here and he had to learn something he's never played. He came through the English, you know, imagine the system he came through. And he was told to never punt it long, never kick from hand, dribble his way out of the defence. And he's taken it all in his stride eventually, considering he got some booze as well. And he's getting a better and better keeper all the time, despite having to change his goalkeeping style. And I think good luck to him if he goes for a few million and goes to an ambitious club, then good, win-win. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The other potential signing just before we we move on, uh, Reese Oxford on loan from uh, from West Ham. Now, he's eighteen years old. People may remember Reese Oxford, the sixteen year old who Billich chucked in his first match away to Arsenal when he was absolutely outstanding. And obviously, uh, he hasn't played regularly since. To be fair to Billich, he said he wouldn't even back then. He said, you know, he's he's a kid. He will be brought on. But today was an opposite day to play him. Uh, even on loan, that's potentially a very exciting signing because he's, you know, he can play centre half, but he, I think we'd be signing him as a defensive midfielder. He's huge, really athletic, and does the simple things extremely well. That would be, I think, a bit of a coup. Yep. It's also interesting that he would play a role that we haven't really played before of that dynamic midfield enforcer. Considering one of the players apparently we've got our eye on to actually sign properly, Ofori from Sweden plays that exact role. So he'd be coming in in the summer and we would have spent January to May using someone of the same physique, same height in that exact role. And I wonder if that's part of this loan deal as well, Mm. is to set up the team in preparation for some of the signings that we might make. As we were talking about earlier with um, Hindman playing in behind the strikers, I wonder if Warburton has got an eye on the summer. And he's making some tweaks to the way we play now to prepare for some of the guys he's got his eyes on to bring in. Um, but I th- thought that was interesting that Ofori is a big athletic lad who plays on his own in front screening the back four. Mm. And Reese Oxford fits the bill. So he'd also be laughably on Mark's website. A lot of people are saying, huh, what good would that be? Honestly, Reese Oxford, we're not talking about getting a guy in from Port Vale. No, this, guy's, this boy's a player. He really is. And potentially he's an extremely good player. Uh, and personally, you know, again, I'm I'm obviously biased, but uh, for West Ham, I mean, this is a great place to say and this is a kid he's going to have to play in a really pressurised environment. For yes, the standard isn't uh, as high as as, as certain other leagues, but it's not easy playing for Rangers and playing for Rangers and for Celtic. But playing for Rangers is not like playing in the SPFL for Motherwell. It's not like playing in the SPFL for Kilmarnock. It's a significantly higher standard because. Teams come out and you know play their best against us. They always will do. There's always a, a big atmosphere. There's always a full house, no matter where you're at. And it'd be a great learning experience for a young guy to come in and have to deal with that. There's also handful of clubs about the world, and I don't even think genuinely. I don't even think Celtic face this in the same way. There are very few clubs we have to win every game. A draw is pages and pages in the newspapers. Thousands of tweets. It's like an inquest, even if you draw. And the players that can rise to the occasion and understand that and embrace it, that is going to do them much better than a couple of seasons. As you said, England, League One, losing some weeks, winning some weeks, drawing some weeks, who cares? Going to a club where you have to win every game yeah. is is something that they won't that players won't forget and it could be the making of some of them. Um so overall then, satisfying and, and let's be fair, it, it is always fun to get it right up that side mouthed muttly bastard, isn't it? I think that's what's come out of these two games is that Mark McGee was gutted and I don't, don't think you can say fair on that really. No, that's pretty much all I'm after from these people. Okay then, Scott, uh, uh, a load of football this week. Uh, well, obviously you'd be, you'd been, you'd kept that all sort of bottled up and there you just exploded all over the listeners. I did. Um, I was quite tightly wound and now I feel a lot less pressure now that I've just sort of released that load that I had well like I say last week's pod and thank you very much for the feedback people um, as I say it was, was something I wasn't sure whether it would work or not when when just flew solo with the old stories from back in the day and, and uh, but people 
seem to like it. So I, I will make sure that we do uh, a couple of these a season from now on. And and like I said, it was universally well received, except by Scott. <laughs> Talking of which, David, I got some stories from that time too. Um, do you want to hear the one about? No, no. Uh, okay, uh, the one thing I do want from you, though, Scott, uh, uh, rather than trying to steal my thunder, which frankly, A, isn't happening, and B, you couldn't anyway, why don't we go to the bit that, that is your thunder? Yes, the Sporting Integrity Award. Sporting Integrity Award is when we look round the world of sport and see who's made the biggest dick of themselves over the past seven days. Uh, Mark McGee. But in this instance, because it's... You can't, it's, you can't just be Mark McGee. Uh, Mark McGee would be the la-la land of, of the Oscars, wouldn't he? Yes. Now, this is... You know how sometimes I joke about being, like, all-seeing? Omnipotent. Omnipotent. Or, no, impotent is what it's impotent you are, isn't it? <laughs> Sadly, at some point, uh, certainly when it came, as I proved last week with the fan stuff, certainly I was, I yeah. was impotent at times uh, for change anyway. But uh, La La Land, right? I haven't seen it, but I know it's shite. And I'll tell you why it's shite. One, doesn't appear to be set in space. Two, there are no superheroes in it. Three doesn't seem to be a scud film. And as a fourth, I bet you you'll probably like it. Well, as an addendum to David's uh, very pre- precise review, my wife has been to see the film and she has confirmed that there are no car chases in it. There's no cop who's handed in his badge but they need him to come out of retirement for one last job. What? And at no stage is there... A special forces group sent in to do black ops with plausible deniability. The None fuck is happening to this world? I've absolutely no idea what kind of. I didn't even understand what kind of film it was. Then I didn't. I couldn't really make out what it was if it wasn't any of those things. I, don't, I, don't I have a rule, and I stand by it: is that I will not watch a film that has singing in it, unless it stars the Muppets. That's a rule that's stood in good stead, isn't it? Stood in good stead all these years. And people are saying, to, oh, you should go and see it. No. Oh, you'll be surprised. I won't. Uh, even, even if I went to the cinema to see it, I would, I would just be appalled at everything about it and the world that we now live in. And no, just not having it. It's the kind of thing... It's the, the film equivalent of bleaching your anal hairs. Mm. Yeah. It is. Uh, especially now that I'm a rock star. Who could have missed this? Brackets, Scott, tell nobody. them. Tell them. Right. Well, David decided... No, you made me. I made it. Well, he decided, so he decided to email me and say, should I go to a gig? I don't want to. It's not what I do now. <laughs> it's outside. So my cunning argument, which was unbeatable, folks, was this. You know someone that's going anyway and it's right next to the train station mm. and it's an early finish? This gave him pause for thought. Mm. He then thought this might be a win-win after all. Because see, one thing David hates as well is going to a gig that drags on. Fuck That's yeah. not the worst of all. So this seemed to tick all of the boxes. So he decided, damn it, I'm going. He then listened to the album more and more as the gig keep approached. Decided he really liked the band, right? Really liked him. Went to the gig, sang his heart out, loved it. Then, folks. And can I have a... In your minds, I want you to do a drum roll now, okay? And I'm sure a lot of you be familiar with what a side drum roll sounds like yeah. from, from every summer, right? <laughs> So, um, just imagine that if you will right with uh, a blambeg accompaniment if you want and then they said we're going to do a couple of new wave covers hey 
anybody from the audience know the words? And I'm sure they were joking here, probably just ribaldry. Does anyone know the words, the cures, boys don't cry? Someone did know the words. I did. And the guy said, well, come on up and sing it. I was like, and really? He's like, yeah. So and I he did. did. So for five minutes, I was a member of a cool US American punk shoegaze band. And hats off to Rangers season to get holder now, um, Donald. Yes. Who was pressing enough to, to stop grinning long enough to video it. Yes. But it, uh, it's quite cool in this, uh, you know, cool uncle state. Yes, um, I think. I've I've got many Rangers, and then I've I've sung it a gig in front of them. I think I'm gonna I think I'm ahead, in the the cool uncle. Yes, uh, Donald was was sadly going down the road of things like playing rugby, and making a success of his life. Yes, but and, I've, and, I've put a stop to that. And he was decided that's not so fast, young man. Yeah. So what do you mean you're sober? It's just ten a.m. You're a student. Yes. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Glasgow Warriors are doing well. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah. You have to suffer the rest of us, I'm sorry. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You know, stop. Yeah. He, uh, the funny thing about it is, is Donald, uh, all, all my the family are, down to, are Arsenal fans. And yeah. I think I've made him appreciate Arsenal a bit more. Because, you know, Arsenal fans think they suffer. Oh, God, you know, we only ever get to the last 16 of the, the Champions League. Oh, God, you know, we only ever finish top four. It's so frustrating. Now he's a Ranger season ticket holder, I think, when, when he watches Arsenal. He's like, fuck it, this is great. Mesut <laughs> Ozil come back you know, all's forgiven yeah so anyway Scott uh, that, yes. that's that's I'm, I'm stealing your thunder here and that's not on what have you got it, to tell us well as you know in general terms in this pod I've always set out to be Pep Guardiola but I'm usually Bob Bradley okay? <laughs> <laughs> but in this one particular pod I'm kind of Wandy Ramos right okay not not bad you know it's decent you know safe pair of hands Martin Yo. Martin Yo. So I've got uh, yes, Martin Yol, yes, great accent. Um, so I've got a few. Uh, obviously, we've been here a while, David. And the pod's gone on longer than anybody could have imagined. Um, uh, so I'll, I'll, I'll keep it brief. But there's a few that I liked. Now, friend of the pod and serial mental case, Gabriel Tamash. Okay. Yes. Um, has he's back? As you know, he's back at Stoya Bucharest. And more about them next week, by the way. There'll be a little feature on Stoya, but. Um, he's back there, and as you know, he's, he's had to go in very short-term contracts because of his basically alcoholism and fighting people. <laughs> yes. Uh, but, but Gabriel, he, you know how people can get things in their their, their name that kind of t- tells you who they are, right? So, yeah. for instance, you'll get Chris uh, TFI Friday Evans. Yeah. Right? Or you'll get Chris Coldplay Martin. I always think of him as Gabriel Forearm Smash Tamas. Yes, he often combined a full day's drinking with overtly physical play. Yes. And why not? But it's all come good for him because in the twilight of his career, he was named Romanian Footballer of the Year. Oh, the sports, well, the, the well, sports Writers Player of the Year. Well done. And, and in his speech, he went up, he attended the dinner. Of course he did. There was yeah, booze at it. Free drink, yeah. And he stood up and he said, and I thought this was quite a, a quite an Edgarian speech. And that's a new phrase, by the way, Ed- Edgarian. <laughs> or would it be Edgarian? What would you prefer? Uh, probably Edgarian, it would be, yeah. Uh... Uh, very Edgarian. He said, thank you for having voted for me. My gratitude well, it goes to my friend, but really, above all, to me, myself. <laughs> I was the one who worked hard. It was me that did it all, after all. Thanks. <laughs> there you go. Oh, that guy's brilliant. See, when Gigi goes, then I think Gabriel Tamas will be the new patron saint of, of Heart and 
I thought it's exactly the kind of thank you speech that you yourself. Absolutely, you fuck them. It's, you did it. <laughs> um, couple other ones. A man misunderstanding a word isn't always particularly funny, but I did like Oscar on his arrival in China. I'm a pioneer. I'm breaking new ground. Dot dot dot. Like the other ones who came here before me. Okay. Yeah, so not really a pioneer. Not a pioneer then. No. Or breaking any new ground. Yeah. No, and, uh, nobody cares about the six man in the moon, Oscar. <laughs> exactly. So um, also you're getting paid less than the wee Argentinian fella anyway. So um, yeah, yeah, and Diego Costa, if he can ever and, yes. get himself out of Chelsea. David, he was injured, mate. <laughs> yes, I know. Yeah, I, I was injured. Yeah, I know. I'll leave you with this superb piece of. You know how in Britain everything's politically correct now, David. Yes. And you know, for this pod, for outrageous pieces of racism, we do have to go to the continent. And um, thankfully, there's more, okay? Lazio's Senad Lulic, okay, is denying that he deliberately used racist street peddler stereotyping after describing Roma's Antonio Rudiger as someone who used to sell socks and belts in Stuttgart like a looky-looky man. (laughs) 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 No... No, <laughs> he denied that that was racist. <laughs> no, do you know do you know how he denied it, David? No, I know for a fact that white people sell socks too. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so it's not racist because no. you get white looky looky men. Is that he's? Yeah, he's bought socks from a white man in the past. We must sure. have been to the bars. Exactly, so it can't be a racist as he's bought white man socks before as well. Yeah, probably so bought go. three pairs of sports socks for a pound in the, in the orange and the orange. And a lighter. And a lighter, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. Well, he, he absolutely strolls away then. Oh, Senad, uh, you've won it. Senad, you've won it. And congratulations, you're the winner of this week's Sporting Integrity Award. Okay then, folks, that's everything then this week from uh, us as fine purveyors of nonsense here on Heart and Hand. All that remains for me to do is to thank our executive producers in London, Mr. Mike Lee and Mr. Paul Miles, and to tell you where you can get in touch with us. Uh, you can talk to us on Facebook. Just go to Facebook and search for Heart and Hand, the Rangers podcast, and up we'll pop. And you can also follow us on the Twitter. Uh, I'm at Rocks, and Scott is... At Scott Hart Hand. So uh, easy enough to get in touch with us if you want, and if you do it at the right time when we're bored, then uh, you you'll probably get a response. You'll definitely get a response if it's fawning. If it's critical, probably not so much. You just get blocked. Yeah. It's the world now, isn't it? And if you, we get lots of, oh, that's so harsh about Kenny Miller. We'll just group block you. Yeah, I mean that that's gonna come. Actually, there's gonna be lots of people saying, ah, how can you say that? Like you that. Yeah, yes. we just did. Uh, thank you to my guest then, Mr. Scott Vandenacker. Thank you. My name's David Edgar, and I'll talk to you again sometime this week. Cheers. Bye. Podcast Network.